My name is Tracy Smiskey, and I am the market president of Northwestern Bank for the Eau Claire area. I would say the most rewarding part of working with customers is just seeing the dedication and the commitment that they have to their business. I'm so impressed with the innovation and creativity that these business owners have and how they're making the Chippewa Valley just an amazing place to be. To be a very small part of that is just extremely rewarding. Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter. Member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. This week, we are joined again by, by Eric with Eric Anderson, uh, this time with a different hat on as a director of the U.S. Coupe Championship. Yeah, and hi, Zach. Jerry Keel again here as well. And uh, Eric, thanks for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is an interesting prospect of how this uh, meeting came about. We had our conversation last week uh, about regional planning and transportation. And then in, I call it the... uh, the fifth quarter, the the after discussion, uh, after the podcast went down, I uh, realized, and Eric mentioned that he was involved in the Coop tournament, not just involved in it, but probably the the father of the of the whole thing. And so uh, <laughs> we had a great discussion regarding that. I said, "Well, you need to come back and let's discuss this as well." So. Um, Welcome back once again. Thank you so much. The first question, I guess, for those of you who who don't know, well, before I'm going to get ahead of myself, we got to get to some beer. And so uh, now that you're not wearing an official state hat and you're doing your Coob hat, we can enjoy a beverage. Sounds great to me, yeah. So the beverage we're going to have today is going to be from Brewing Project. It's going to be a hazy IPA called Things We Don't Say. So as I'm pouring the beer, how about just to start off by giving us a little bit of background of actually what's Coob? Yep, that sounds great. So, and again, uh, thank you so much for having me back. I um, really appreciate it. So, Kub is an old uh, Nordic game. Um, some say the Vikings played a thousand years ago. We don't really know if they played Kub or not. We know that they played games, but um, we've nobody's ever found a Kub set um, in any Viking um, burial ground or anything like that. Um, but the earliest uh, mention of Kub is in, a, in a, a, a book of games from the island of Gotland in Sweden. Um, and Gotland is where the world championships are at. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's an island out in the Baltic Sea. And it was mentioned in like the 1910s and 1920s. And it's a game with uh, it's two teams. You have a, a, a team on one side of the pitch and a team on the other. And you throw wooden batons and try to knock over wooden blocks on your opponent's side. Um, there's a king in the middle. Um, it's tough to explain over the radio, easier to explain in person uh, with a Brewing Project beer, obviously. Um, but it's a game of skill, strategy, um, maybe a little bit of luck, um, but it's a great it's a great game for all ages to play. So in, in Eau Claire is the coupe capital of North America. Let's start out with our beers. Let's so do it. Yep. Cheers. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Brewing Project does a great job, and they've She's been a sponsor of ours for a long time, so no, yeah. it's been great. They're, they're, they're a great addition to our local brewing scene. And um, once again, uh, moving on with uh, another beverage for them, which they're always great. Um, first of all, how did you learn about Coop? Um, actually, the first time I played Coop was in 2002. My, my wife and I went to Sweden, uh, met some friends in our hometown, and they invited us to um, come to Sweden, and they were Swedes. 
So we went to Sweden. Uh, we were there for about a week and a half or so and played it a couple times at one of their parents' house. That was 2002. Never played it again. We were out in San Diego. My wife's brother lived out in San Diego. We saw some Swedes playing it on a beach and talked to them a little bit. And then in 2005, 2006, I did a, um, a graduate program in Sweden, a, a one-year graduate program. And uh, it, was my, my, it was myself, my wife, and my oldest daughter. Um, we all live there. And everybody in Sweden plays it. I mean, it's 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 the yard game. There's no. Is it like like, like cornhole for Sweden? Uh, cornhole, uh, croquet, uh, like mm-hmm. like a ladder golf, like okay. everything combined. Mm-hmm. Combined, yep, all right. Yep, yep. Um, and we played it a couple times over there. Really started liking it. And then in in the summer, um, right before we were leaving, a couple three weeks before we left to come back, um, we played it at one of their parents' houses. And um, it was it was a midsummer celebration for the solstice uh it was, they live in this orchard and we just played and played and played and we just fell in love with the game um and then uh, we had a little blog when we lived over there and i you know i talked about it or whatever my dad read about it and he uh went online this is you know 2006 yeah when we moved back this is before amazon and all that and found a company online that was actually selling them here in the states this just obscure company that was selling this obscure game um, so we moved back. Um, he had a he had a coop set waiting for us. So that's the that's the long version, I guess you could say. Other than Eau Claire, Wisconsin, are, are there any other hotbeds of coob in the U.S.? Um, not to our scale. I think it's safe to say that, especially especially considering our population. I mean, we we have the largest weekly coob league in the world. Um, out of the 120 plus teams this year, over half of them are from the Chippewa Valley. But um, there's there's a lot of people that play in the Twin Cities, um, Chicago land area. A lot of people play. Um, it's uh, growing more and more. You see like these little clubs that pop up and they and they host their tournaments. Uh, the Milwaukee area, Madison area, more and more. Um, the Eau Claire and Chippewa area, though, that's that's the real hotbed um, within within the states for sure. So. I find even I have a coop set myself, and I think local woodworkers are putting things together. I mean, they aren't. It isn't um, rocket science. I mean, if you've mm-hmm. got a, a jigsaw and some wood, you can put something together relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, and they aren't terribly expensive. No. And I mean, just saying that, like, there's a guy in town I know really, really well. I think over the past seven, eight years, he's made. I think he's like well over 200 coop sets he's made, oh. and a lot of times he'll just give them to people or for a, you know, church you know silent auction or this or that or boy scouts girl scouts whatever um, but then he you know goes online sells them online um kind of a fun little hobby makes some extra cash um so it's yeah it's um a lot of people make their own and i think here in this part of the country people make their own a lot of everything you know like they quilt they they can pickles or you, you know what i mean i sure. just it's just we do things um and we make hoop sets too so people like doing that so so what's the inspiration behind the tournament um 2007 is when we moved to Eau Claire. We moved to Eau Claire in 2007. It was January, really cold day. Um, moved here actually sight unseen at the time. Never had wow. been to Eau Claire. Um, we, I interviewed for my current position uh, or my current place of employment. Um, online telephone interview. Um, never had been here before. And um, in 2007, I started learning about the game. We really loved it. You know, started introducing it to people here in town, and I came up with this idea. Um, at the same time, there was, um, I don't know if you remember the atrocities that were happening in Darfur, Sudan at the time. There was um, just mass genocide. Um, just It was just awful. And I just, I got, that was just in my head. And I couldn't believe that, you know, I had a, 
I had a, a daughter and a daughter was on the way and I was just like, how do people live this way? You know, and I wanted to like bring awareness. I wanted to raise money. I wanted to do these types of things. At the same time, I had this early passion for Kube. And so the idea was to um, put a tournament on. It was the first tournament ever in America that wasn't like, you know, some somebody's backyard or something like that. Um, and so the idea was to have this tournament, bring awareness to those atrocities that were happening at the time, uh, raise some money um, um, for those organizations that were trying to help. Um, that first year, we also collected um, eyeglasses for Unite for Sight organization, uh, collected uh, um, school supplies for a refugee camp in, in Africa. Um, I, you know, I could go on and on and it was small. It was, f it was 15 teams, <laughs> 35 people. I mean, it was tiny. I was grilling. I burned the brats, burned the burgers. It was awful. Um, but everybody was smiling. Everybody had a good time. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind that first tournament. Um, everybody had a great time and we thought, ah, we, we should do this again. And so we just have been doing it ever since. Well, more about our tournament or your tournament here in a moment, but it, currently are there any other tournaments in the United States that have grown because of yours? Absolutely. So um, right now there's probably, I would say, close to about 30 other tournaments within the U.S. Um, and the vast majority of them um, are from people that started clubs or started tournaments after they came here and experienced the U.S. National Coupe Championship. So they came here. They really loved it. Um, you know, some people say, oh, I only had, you know, 20 teams. That's okay. Like, that's that's still good. I mean, you know, it's you're not going to recreate, what, you know, what we have here. You know, what what happened here is, I think, really unique, is really special. Uh, but there's tournaments in uh, – in, in Pasadena, there's tournaments out in Mar you know, the East Coast, the West Coast Championship is in Pasadena, the East Coast Championship it moves around, but this year it's in Maryland, um, there's tournaments in North Carolina, um, lots, most, the vast majority of tournaments are in Wisconsin, and then in the Twin Cities, um, but, um, and Eau Claire is home to like probably about three or, four, or I should say the Chippewa Valley is home to about three or four, actually five or six other tournaments as well, so, yep. So do you go most as an individual or do you go as a team? So mm -hmm. first, have you traveled to other tournaments and do you go so, again, as an individual or with a group of, yeah. group of guys? So um, most tournament, the vast majority of tournaments, you, you sign up as a team and play as a team. So um, sometimes they have tournaments like they call it like a scramble. So you, you show up, so let's say, you know, we all show up in one game, you know, maybe I play with you and we're playing against somebody else. The next game, we're not even on the same pitch. Then maybe I'm playing against you with somebody else. Um, and those are really fun, and sometimes we have those here in Eau Claire as well. Um, but most of the time, people, um, uh, you know, have a team. Maybe it's a team that they play with all the time. I think that's how it is for most people. They, you know, they have their crew, they have their team, um, and they and they travel. And if, if you live in Eau Claire, I mean, you, you don't have to travel far to, to play in a lot of tournaments, which is a lot of fun. Um, but there's some there's some really solid tournaments outside of Eau Claire as well, you know. Um, people do some really great things over in the Twin Cities, both coasts, uh, the Milwaukee area, Madison area. Um, yeah, great stuff. Now, are there any, like, obviously not the same level in terms of, of, of fame, but Aaron Rodgers or Giannis's of Kube or just these uh, – uh, New York Yankees of Kube teams that when they kind of walk on to the the, the, the pitch, and everyone yeah. just kind of bows before them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we've been around since 2007. I should say we as kind of like Kube Nation, I guess, if you will, you know. And so um, over that period of time, we've, there's been some really good teams that have, you know, played. Um, right now, um, 
for me, probably the best player in the country, lives in Eau Claire. It's, it's, it's Greg Jockamson. Um, he's been on a team that's won it the last four years. He's just super solid, just all around great player. Um, wins Coob League many times as well. Um, he's 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 dominant as, as you can get, and he puts his time in. Like I was out at Soccer Park today talking to the city staff out there about the grass and getting everything ready and everything, and he's out there practicing, and that's what he does. He loves it. Um, probably the most well-known team in the U.S. is called the Ringers, and uh, it's a three-generation team, which is awesome, and that's what I love about Coob. It's Grandpa. He's uh, he's probably I don't know day, uh, he's probably pushing eighty, you know. <laughs> uh, his son and then his his grandson and his grandson will be a senior this year at Memorial, and um, they they they're a really really good team and they've been a good team for a long time. And Dave, he's a cancer survivor. You know, they were really good when their when the grandson was you know twelve thirteen years old. So they're one of the most well known teams um, within within America for sure but there's that's that's the neat thing is that there's a lot of people that they you know they create a team it's their team identity they get their team shirts or team you know social media those types of things and they travel and they you know they can make a name for themselves and sometimes you know there can be some rivalries between you know you know, good rivalries right yeah. between that so um, it's it's it, it's been a lot of fun to see it develop over the years now you said it had a Swedish roots as yep. far as the game so are most of the teams do they have uh, uh swedish or nordic background or is mm-hmm. it kind of gone well beyond that right now well well beyond that so um some tournaments are part of events that have that have like swedish like down in Lindsborg, um kansas and that's actually where we get our just amazing uh Hemsloyd, um gifts is one of our sponsors and there's a lady down there named shirley and she and she hand paints these kings for us that are the traditional Swedish painting. Um, they're just absolutely beautiful. Um, so there's there's some Nordic events or Swedish events where um, the tournament will be part of that. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's just it's just really gone gone beyond that. And in, in my opinion, you know, the World Championships are on the island of Gotlan. Um, that's that's you know I've been there twice. I've been fortunate enough to go there twice, and that's that's the holy ground. I mean that's you go there and you're like wow this is and it's six person teams there so everybody only throws one one stick or one baton, and it's just I mean when I was there, both times I think there's almost like 190 some six person teams, wow. and it's just insane. Um, so so does winning this tournament or something. It, does it give you entrance to the the world Coob tournament, or is there any correlation there at all? No. So, like everything is open, um, so it's just first registration. So, like for us, we max out at at 128 teams. So, mm-hmm. let's say the team that won it last year didn't sign up; they signed up late, then they wouldn't get in. <laughs> so that's just that's just how it is. So like even like the world championship is open for for whoever um, wants to. Um, wants to play in that event so explain the tournament format so you, yep. you, you sign up online you're one of i think you said there's 122 teams this year yep. you're down a little bit but yep. covid can certainly explain part of that so they are, there someone comes from the chippewa valley or from appleton and yep. they show up what do they do yep so we uh groups of four so it's pretty basic format so it's uh, gr- groups of four so there's four teams in each each group or each pool you play around robin um, and then after that three match round robin, uh, we start off with our 128 team uh, bracket, if you will. So and then uh, one seeds play. So so if you finish first in your group, you would play a team that finished fourth in their group. If you finish second in your group, you play a team that finished third in their group. Um, winners move on. 
losers, those 64 teams that lose, they go down to the bronze bracket. Um, the winner, and that's all best out of one then. And the top four teams in that, we give them a really nice uh, podium bag for each team. I was just packing them up last night. There's there's so much stuff I can't even fit it in the podium bag. And, and we give them custom medals. So it's, it's, it's our logo. Um, and, you know, it says bronze bracket champion 2001 Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, and then those 64 teams that win, uh, those play in the si round of 64. If you lose that, then you drop down in the silver bracket. And then we have a 32-team silver bracket. Um, and then those teams that, that keep going, the final 16 teams come back on Sunday. And we do four groups of four again. And the winner of each group then makes it to the final four or the semifinals. And we, uh, and we crown the U.S. champion on um, on Sunday around 1.30 or 2 o'clock. So are the groups men, women, mixed, all types? How does that work? All types. So, um, <coughs> you know, what What we really believe in as a board, and again, we know we're, we're, we're a 501c3, um, and we have a board of five people. Um, our mission is to obviously hold the U.S. championship, but we want to we want to build the game. We want to build the sport, and we do tons of outreach within the community. I mean, just a lot like I was I was at the old Abe's uh, girls basketball team last week and this is this is like go time for us and we still volunteer our time over there to help coach fanning as a team building type of thing and we really try to get it create an environment where everybody feels welcome and that's why it's super important for us like these bronze bracket teams we give them exactly the same thing that we give the US champions except the champions get those beautiful kings right but but but, but everything other than that they, they pretty much get everything um, you'll go out there, you'll see family teams, you'll see teams of all, you know, 30-year-old guys, you'll see teams out there of, you know, 30-year-old women. Uh, both of my daughters are playing again this year. You know, one of them is, you know, middle teenagers or upper teenagers, and one of them is 13- and 14-year-old girls. You know, I, have, I have two girls, and so um, it's just a wide range of uh, types of players out there and all skill levels, and that's that's the thing. It's the U.S. Championship so, oh, oh, I can't play in that. People say, I said, if if you go out there, you'll you'll see to yourself. Oh, I could do this because mm. almost half. I'd say about thirty, forty percent of the teams out there are just out there just to have a really good time, have a blast, and have a lot of fun. So, what sort of a physical or mental makeup do you need to have to be a great cool player? If you want to be great, and this is a whole different podcast. In my opinion, it's a game. Of, it's a game of marksmanship. Like you, like you are you are taking aim at something and you're trying to hit it. And it's and people will say, oh, it's ninety percent mental. And people will fight that concept. People will fight the concept that, oh no, it's not. It is like you can throw enough batons in your life that it should just be natural. But it's it's what's it's what's up in your head. And it's, I mean, the great players, even like the really good players, not just even the great, they know what end of the baton is going to hit that coupe. So you're going to throw that baton like, ha like like I throw a half rotation. Some people throw a full rotation. So I know like when I'm holding that baton, I know that that end of the baton that's facing me, that's the baton that's going to, that's the end of the end end of the baton that's going to hit that coupe. Like I know that. And I think it's just attention to detail Obviously, the strategy of the game, you know, raising the cubes, uh, maybe what cubes to hit in what order, um, throwing the cubes back across. That's a whole different skill within the game. Um, but what I love about the game is that you, in a lot of sports, it's the biggest, fastest, strongest individual that can dominate or do really well. And cubes not that way. Like, 
my oldest daughter, we have a kid coop event um, for kids that are going into eighth grade and younger. And one year she won it. She's tiny. You know, she's so tiny. Even now she's tiny. But she can compete against a you know a guy, twenty five year old triathlete in this in this sport, if she's willing to put in the time and the energy to, to try to get better. But it's that attention to detail. It's that it's that rhythm. It's that focus. Um, and that's why I love it. It's a it's a game of strategy, and it's 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 a game of if you're really trying to be great, at it, which a lot of people are. It's that just it's that marksmanship, and it's that belief that I can. You know, some people will try to hit a coob and they'll hit it. They'll hit another one, hit another hit three in a row. And then in their mind, they start thinking to themselves, what? I can't hit a fourth one in a row, but you can. And it's just that mental mental part of the game. Are there matches that you remember? I mean, like people play cards and they can oh, remember yeah. cards. Or Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot. And okay. sometimes you remember the ones that you lost. <laughs> okay. Best match ever uh, that you participated in. Best match ever that I participated in had it was it was one that we it was one that we lost and that was when we went I I went to to the world championships with an Eau Claire team and we 190 some teams and we made it to the final of the world championships and we um, we played the German team of six people as two two like super teams they combined and game one they got us the crowd was going literally nuts they were singing born in the USA they were chanting USA it was nuts you could look it up on YouTube and the guy from Germany he told one of my teammates he goes one more because it's best out of three and they beat us one and he goes one more and my buddy looked at the crowd and he yelled two more two more and the crowd started chanting two more two more and that turn that next match that next game in that match we just destroyed them and then that third game we lost but that's that's one of the ones I remember you know I, I also remember one in Rockford when I played with two of my buddies, and it was, um, um, it was, it was, the, it was the year after my dad passed away, and he and he was one that gave us the first coup set, and we we played so many tough teams uh, in the playoffs, and we ended up winning it, and we were back in my hometown, and that was that was kind of emotional. I mean, it's a sport for some people; it means something to people, you know, and that's and that was a big one for me as well. So there's a lot, there's tons. I love it. Okay. So you said spectators are welcome. Spectators are welcome every year. It's free entry. Um, no, no charge. Usually, um, we have concessions available. We are a fundraiser for Girls on the Run program of Chippewa Valley. Um, some of your listeners maybe have heard of Girls on the Run. It's a girl empowerment program um, nat- nationwide, and they have an amazing program here in the Chippewa Valley. And we also raise money for We Help War Victims. Um, and usually, concessions are available. This year, they're not, but spectators are welcome. I, I tell people if 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 you can come out, come out at about 9:30, 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. Everybody's playing. 64 pitches, all playing at one time. It's it's, you won't see that anywhere else except for at the World Championship. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, if you're a novice yep. at this, how would you recommend uh, spectator to watch? What you should look for? What what, yeah. what what are the sorts of things other than just seeing guys you know throwing wood at wood right. and hearing the clinks? I mean, what are the sort of things you key in on? Yep, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, like. If I went out there, I'd want to watch people actually throw the coobs. So, and we call it the drill technique. So they they throw the coobs like in a in a spinning spiral, like reverse spiral motion, and watch them bounce and cut in. So they want to put those coobs as close together as you can manage. So like mm-hmm. they'll throw literally eight, nine, ten coobs, like Greg I was talking about earlier, and there's 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 others as well. They're they'll throw eight, nine, ten coobs in an area that's literally 
probably like a foot and a half by a foot and a half and that's where they'll land and that's so much fun to watch mm -hmm. and then you have the the component of the game where it's it's trying to knock those over the blast so we call that the blast with that initial th throw and it blows it up mm -hmm. and for me i just love the pressure situation so it's you know you have one coob left and the king left and you got two sticks you can win it like winning it is in your hands yeah, you know what i mean the most exciting part and yeah. he goes can you hit that and then can you hit that king? And I, I just love watching that. So is Coob, from a Spectre standpoint, more like a golf tournament where it's 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 quiet while people are throwing, or mm -hmm. is it you know raunchous and, and loud and people are screaming? Uh, I'd say a little bit of both. I think here in the states, I think um, when people are getting ready to throw, I think people are 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 quiet. I think when we get to the final four and we in in at the championship we call that the cage because we used to wrap it with like this rope back in the day and now we have some really nice signage around it and everything but when it's in that environment it, people are getting loud and they're getting a, a little rowdy and that's what we like we, we like i mean if if you know if, if you're a competitor you want the crowd to be getting into it you want the crowd to be in the you know getting excited and sometimes the people will start the wave or they'll start chanting and they'll start cheering for some teams so a couple of years ago we had a a team in the in the in, in the final four in the cage and it was two a kid in middle school i mean actually he might have been in elementary school he was probably in middle school at the time and then a kid in high school with this older with this guy in probably his 30s and the crowd just got behind them big time you know because they're cheering for the kids um and they would when those kids would hit a coob it was just it was just an uproar i mean it was just it was it was pretty wild so so for you finally like running out of time here so what really quick what yes come on I, it's, it, it, <laughs> this it, is good beer it rolls yeah, yeah we are just for the folks who we are having for um the brewing project things we don't say it's a hazy ipa and it's going down very very well but for me well for kind of a near wrap up most fun you have with cube most fun yeah this year um for my for my team locally that I play on, so it's kind of like my 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 league team. I started playing with my oldest daughter and my next door neighbor, and the um, that was just a lot of fun, you know. And, and you go and she's she's gonna be in college next year. So I'm gonna get tears in my eyes thinking about this, right? But she's gonna leave, and I'm like, this is fun. Like this is a really really good time, and just playing with my kids, um, playing in tournaments, and you know we're not the best team yet you know we're, we're gonna keep fighting we're, we we did really well this year um that was that's just a lot of fun and again going back to the world championships the environment there is second to none it's just it's just a huge party um and you know they just welcomed us both but they welcomed me when i went in 2011 and played with a team from stockholm i was i was the only american there that that time but then when we went back in 2014 and played um that was just amazing um but yeah, I would guess those are two things that really stick out in my mind. Now, one thing maybe I'm getting, I'm mixing my terms up here a little bit, but the the U.S. Championships, you can have foreign teams here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. so, so it's yep. just a championship. It doesn't mean you have to be a U.S. national to play no, in the game. No. It's just we have a rule that at least half your players have to be from the U.S. So what's what's happened in the past is we'll have like you know a Swede or two come over and they'll play on a team, or we'll have a German or two come over and they'll play on a team. Um, and so that's that's a rule that that we had in the beginning, and that's and that's a rule that we've had since. But we've had we've had players from a couple of players from Sweden. We've had three or four players from Germany come, all like super elite players, and they've come here and they've come back, 
and they want to come back again. And to me, that's just like the ultimate sign of, um, of respects the word, but appreciation, knowing that we're on the right path as an organization, that people from Germany and Sweden and people from Belgium are thinking about coming over, that they hear that this is such a great event, um, that they want to come back. And I, and I just love that. Would you ever want to travel nationally or internationally being part of a Kube team? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would love, it's, it's tough to, right now my kids are at an age where it's tough for me to travel too much because I'm pretty active with them with volleyball and stuff like that. But I, I really want to get out to like the West coast championship out to LA. I want to get out to the East coast championship. I want to get out to some more of these tournaments. And I had this dream of going to like Belgium for a month or something and playing a <laughs> tournament like every other, like, like every weekend or something. I think that would be awesome. And I'd love to go back to the world championship again. Um, but there's so many great tournaments within the U S that I'd love to get back on the, cause I used to travel a lot and play a lot back in the early 2010s. Um, but I just haven't had the time, um, recently for that. So final question, uh, you've gone to a hundred and hopefully 20, 128 teams. Yep. Anything you want to bring to the tournament yet that it hasn't been yet. You, you're looking at what's happened internationally, what sort of elements I know you want to bring the food back right. as before, but yep. any thoughts of how you take this to another level? I think we're there. I mean, every, I mean, we have board meetings and we talk, and I think we're a really innovative group. This year, we added a couple of really fun items. It's a it's a shirt for people that when they make it to the semifinals and they play in the cage, we call it. They get a shirt now that says "I played in the cage," you know, type mm -hmm. of thing or whatever. And I think we'll find some small tweaks here and there, but I really think we're just really dialed in right now. And um, yeah, we get we get support from the city, we get support from the local media, we get support from banking with the beer. I mean, we get so much local support; it's unbelievable, and we're just so appreciative of that. And um, I think I think we've found our wheelhouse and the environment that we're trying to create, and um, we're just going to keep moving forward. Well, Eric, thank you so much. We've been talking with Eric Anderson. He's the director of the U.S. National Coupe Championships, and the championships are going to happen this weekend. Yep. So for those of you who listen, give, give us the dates for the event. It's yep. July July 9th, that's Friday. That's uh, Kid Coupe, open to kids 8th grade and younger. Uh, and the World One-on-One -on -one Championship is in that afternoon. The U.S. Championship is on Saturday, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Spectators are all welcome to all these. And then the final 16 teams come back on Sunday. Um, and then the champion, the, the semifinals and the championship will happen probably around about 11, 30, 12 o'clock on Sunday. Great. Well, thank you, Eric. You've been listening to Banker with the Beer from Northwestern Bank. Have a great day.